Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Aged Out Reacts with the two hosts of the Aged Out Podcast, Mike Fantini and Evan Worrell. As you can see in today's video title, we're hanging out with an all-time great of the activity at this point, Rooster Rudy Garcia. What's up, man? How you been? Good, guys. How you guys doing? Can't complain. Doing Just well. Band in yeah. the cold like an hour ago. Yeah, our yeah. seasons get cold uh, towards the end here, late October. Yeah, we're still sweating. Like, I, I'm like... Just this last Saturday rehearsal with one of the high schools I work with, it was like, ah, it's like 95 outside. Let's just stay inside. <laughs> We're yeah. actually in the sweet spot right now where rehearsals are hovering like right at 70 degrees the whole time. Uh, oh, but then late nice. October, it'll get like 40, 30. Yep. <laughs> so cool. yeah. Pretty much. But no way. <laughs> yeah, the hands, a... the hands no really way. want to move then. Yeah, oh, that's the worst, man. Trying to play in the cold. It's Drumming terrible. in the cold is terrible. I've got some stories mm -hmm. from college band that five in the morning freezing cold in eastern kentucky no thank you but just yeah. random i know a one kid in college would put his drumsticks in the microwave and heat them up before rehearsals <laughs> i don't know if that i don't know if that worked at all but i just now remember that he, he would interesting. do that who, who so, was it interesting uh jonathan sharp who was uh, a member of the cavaliers in 2005 oh, he was so. he left right when i got there all right we're getting sidetracked anyway. already but uh before we we're watching some blue devils from the finals lot from the 2022 season that just ended um, you know, Rudy's going to give us some insights. We're going to talk about how the season developed and kind of just any trials and tribulations he wants to go into or design thoughts or how they worked on all the good stuff. So before we before, get into that, yeah, no, I was going to say that before that though, you'll do the spiel and then we kind of got to get his quick catch up to how he ended up where he is. That's true. We have to make sure we do that. But so real quick, uh, check out the podcast on all podcast services, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, all the good stuff. Uh, Facebook, Instagram for social media, never miss an update or a post or video or any of that stuff. Uh, it's just aged out podcast with no spaces. And then if you want to support us financially at all, head over to patreon.com slash aged out podcast. We have a $1 tier, but even if you don't want or can't do anything like that, we appreciate the viewership. That's all we care about. We're glad everybody enjoys it. We love doing this. So, all right, there we go. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So. You are or have been currently teaching at the Blue Devils for a while. Do us a quick catch up. I know before you had a funny story about just how you got in the band, uh, not by your own yeah. will. Yeah, so I uh, did concert band sixth grade. It was my first kind of, you know, introduction to, to, to music. Um, and then did concert band seventh and eighth grade. And right around the eighth grade, like the local, the high school that I was eventually going to go to, or, um, our marching bands showed up and did a little like show and tell. I'm like, hey, this come join this, you know, when you come to school here. And I was like, no, like I didn't. I was like, I don't want to do that. And so I didn't go to band camp that summer. A bunch of my all my friends that were in band did, and so they were all in the in the drum line. And then when I showed up or I got my schedule for the first week of school, my mom had enrolled me in marching band. I was like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, I'm not. I don't want to wear those uniforms and parade around. I was like, I'm just not into that at all. Um, but she said, stick with it for a week and we'll see how it goes. And then I ended up playing bottom bass my freshman year and then went on to quads my sophomore year. <clears throat> and that was right around when I saw the Blue Devils or heard of drum corps for the first time. Like the drum instructor had, had one of the DCI finals, like CDs. And I was like listening to it. I'm like, whoa, who's that? And he's like, that's Blue Devils. They're like right down the street, an hour away. And then it just so happens a quad hole opened up uh, for that summer. And so I went, did a quick little audition and I ended up making it. And that was also when I got to see my first live drum corps, which is the 95 Blue Devils. So I got to see, you know, Raj, Roger Carter, his age out year. Um, <clears throat> got to see Sean Vega, you know, play. Of course, I idolized him because he was, he was a 
you know, an awesome quad drummer. Did the net the following year in the B Corps. That was when Vega aged out, or, or no, no, he had another year. And then I made the Blue Devils in 97, uh, my senior year in high school. And I actually got to march next to Vega. Nice. Um, which That's, was was like that the awesome, uh, but... Night in Tunisia show? Yeah, Casablanca. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So getting to march with him, and then, of course, like, you know, we hit it off. We're like, you know, really good friends. But he was awesome to march with, but also terrifying. <laughs> I because, could like, I mean, as a senior I mean, in high school, quad, yeah, like that, that whole quad line was 22 years old. Like, like there was another guy named Pete Friedhoff who split center with with um with Vega, and he was like a five year vet of of Vanguard previous like five summers, um playing quads. And then the other guy Chris Burroughs on the other end, he had marched Blue Devils like he did Blue Knights for two years, and then Blue Devils like the two previous summers, and so they were all like seasoned vets, and I had no clue what I was doing. And so Vega was pretty hard on me like i couldn't do anything wrong like or actually kind of said i couldn't do anything right like every rep he was just like nope you two steps off this and like he just rode me like the entire summer um but then he taught my, my remaining remaining four years and we're still like great friends to this day you know like got also got to get taught by roger and of course skojo you know like like just having that whole team um through my drum corps career was like was awesome um and then after I aged out, quick story about Tom Onk, my age out year, I was in, this is back when the, the Indy, Indy, Indiana show was a regional. So it was at the RCA right. Dome, which is no longer there. Rip. And we went on, it was like a random draw. So we went on like super early. And so I was just in the tunnel because they were doing full core retreat, just kind of hanging out, watching the, the last couple cores. And this guy walks up and he's like, hey man, how you doing? Like great summer. Like you guys are your quad line's great. Like you guys are, you know, you've been there for a little while. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you aging out. I'm like, yeah. And he said like, what are you doing next summer? We'd love to bring you out and, and teach. And I was like, teach. And he was like, oh, I'm Tom Onks with the cadets. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. Like, like I'm a huge fan. Like I love, like, like, like I, I loved like everything when I, my, my career, like I love the old Tom Onks stuff, like, like the early cadet days. And so I was just like, whoa, blown away. But their quad tech at the time, John Burbank, um, was going to be studying abroad the following summer, which is why he approached me. But then he ended up staying, so that's when I got kind of passed on. Crossmen were still affiliated with YEA, and so they were looking for a quad tech. And so Lee Bettis contacted me. Um, so I taught with Lee, Lee Bettis, JJ Pipitone, uh, Frank Chapel out of Texas, and Al Dunn. They were kind of like the team, you know. They were at Glassman for a while, and like Crossman, and I learned a lot teaching with those guys like especially with lee and frank like and like they really taught me how to teach like you know i didn't really have a clue you know like like really at that time you think you do when you're that young but you know there's a lot of li little things to learn and, and so i learned a lot from bettis working with him we were there for three years at crossman um and then i ended up doing glassman for a year with chris heston and eric ward and then <laughs> what's funny is i was in 06 and i wasn't planning on going back to to, to glassman and um, I had actually like become good friends with Paul Rennick. We had done some BD entertainment things together around that time, because um, that's kind of when that started. And like I, Lee Bettis ended up hiring me at Crown when he got the captain position. But he told me during the summer he was like, he was like, yeah, man, Rennick wanted to hire you. And I was like, what? And he was like, I guess they were at some DCI meeting like after tour. Like this is probably in like October after after the summer of '06. And I guess Rennick was like, oh, so yeah, you, who do you, that guy, like, the, you know, he's, he's great. Like, I think I'm going to, I want to hire him at, at Phantom uh, for, you know, for next summer in 07. 
And he was like, oh, no, no, he's already with me at Crown. And he didn't even have the job at Crown yet. Like, he had not, <laughs> like, they hadn't even offered it to him yet. And I was like, are you kidding me? And he goes, you wouldn't have gone. If it was between me or him, I was like, I wanted the choice. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> let me you know? choose. So I, yeah, yeah, so it was with yeah. the uh, uh, Bettis Crown 0708. I was also there with, like, Zach Schlicker, James Sparling uh, was there. Um, but, yeah, that was a, that was a great – I had a lot of fun teaching that crown with that team. Like those, and those, those were some really good years for the core. Like it was seven oh eight is when they really started to kind of be contenders. Um, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Dean um, actually, then, uh, Dean actually just talked when I was texting him before this, told me that uh, his oh eight summer at Crown was probably his most enjoyable summer, like with the people, like the members and the, like all the tech staff, just because everyone was mm -hmm. so close. And he was like, no one rotated. Like, we had three tech staff. It was, like, Rudy, James, and yeah. Zach. And it was wow. on all summer. Yeah. And so we all got really close. And yeah. <laughs> he said it was just a lot of fun. I remember you guys yeah. came up with that whole legendary passing of the Met spiel that just oh escalated God. on and on and on. Yeah, that literally started with me just going, like, okay, like, ending percussion ensemble and then getting ready to go up to the box. And so I'd go borrow the Met from the, the pit section leader. And so it would kind of, oh, it was started as me just walking up and bowing and he'd bow. And then just, it, by the time it was finals day, it was like the entire core was involved. Like, that's awesome. Like the, the, the pit had music, the, the, the horn line would like set up these files and they would, they would sing. It was like, this it, there was like thing. a, there's a video of it on YouTube actually. It's like somebody's like yeah. unsheathing it from like a sword and it's just like, yeah. And somebody in the pit's like yeah. doing glissandos. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was finals day, 08. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Little uh, stuff that like that is like one of the best parts about drum corps. Things like that to develop over a summer, it's just uh, so cool and organic. Yeah, I mean, and just... especially at that level, because you're so competitive and everything is just so you know. Like, so just to kind of like not take it seriously for a second is 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 good. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's good good for morale. But um, yeah, and then by that point, I had really started doing a lot more with B with BD Entertainment and was kind of like more involved with the organization. Um, and then, yeah, Scott called me and was like, hey, I know you got a good thing going at Crown, but, you know, just want to see if you want to come home. And and after after talking and thinking about it a lot, like it just – because at the time, like my son was about – eight or nine years old and like i've been doing drum corps for like his entire life and it was like it took a lot of time you know out of the summers for me to go do that you know and so it just made sense i'm like you know he's 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 getting a little older like like he's gonna want me around a little more and so conquered being only an hour away from me like i and as opposed to me leaving for tour and like end of may like i don't leave for tour until like july now you know what i mean we're all of all of all days uh, don't we're, stay at home during the yeah yeah, so I could still go home every night, even though last year was different. We were in Wyoming, which I think is kind of going to be the norm now. Like, I don't think we're going to be doing all days uh, really? in Cali. No more Mars? Yeah. No, I mean, Mars is just a mess. Like, it's just, <laughs> the, 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 like over the years, the, like, the soils really deteriorated. There was a lot of, like, potholes that have been happening mm. out there. Um, but just this California in general, because of like the way COVID things are now, like it's just really expensive to get a facility, you know. Right. And then plus, and plus, it puts a lot of added um, expense on our members because the members, when they move in for all days, like they have to get apartments, you know, they have to get they have to get supply their own food, like they have, like 
it's a lot of added expense. So doing this is much cheaper for them if we can just go somewhere out of state, stay in a university. Um, yeah, I remember some yeah, of those guys telling me like, yeah, we uh, we got an apartment lease for like 30 days, which yeah. is already unheard of. And there's like 15 of us staying in like one apartment. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so, so, so agreed uh, to teach in 09 and that's, yeah, I've been here ever since. So Wow. Lots cool, of cool. lots of success, lots of uh, really phenomenal ensembles. Um, obviously, number of drum trophies, overall championships, and just obviously a heck yeah. of a team. I think that the continuity of that team speaks volumes with how many people have been there in their roles for so long and just able to really vibe off each other and just understand, like, I know what you're trying to do with this. I know what you're trying to do with this. That goes that goes a long way. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure so, we'll get into that, even... too. Even to this day, I still trip about just the staff that I'm working with. I'm like, you guys taught me when I was here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Scott Chandler, Dave Glides, you know, Scott Johnson, uh, Jay Murphy, Todd. Ryan, like the list goes on. Like all those people were there when I was there, and it's just awesome to work alongside all of them. Absolutely. Yep. Well, this summer was obviously another very, uh, I would say, competitively, obviously very successful, but. Uh, yep. probably also presented its own challenges and stuff too. So we have this video pulled up. So we'll kind of go through it. And I know that you probably have some interesting tidbits to throw in just about why choices were made or, or things that were done. Um, some insight into this summer and the choices that you made as far as like staffing or the kids that you brought in and the kids that you selected to be in the core and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear, hear pick your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I actually okay. told you this when we talked on the phone to like schedule this kind of thing. I was like, you guys had to be one, probably the most improved battery from the beginning of tour to the end. Yeah. And, and usually like, because you and I talked a little bit about you all do things kind of differently than other cores in spring training. There's way less of a focus on music and cleaning and stuff. It's more about design the show, get the visual stuff as right as possible, like produce it as much as possible. And then, so BD always has a very good like arc of progression musically throughout the summer. Mm -hmm. But uh, this year, you guys impressed the hell out of me, and I know a lot of other people I've talked to. Like, they impressed the hell out of us too. Like, it was so. I mean, with this battery, obviously, we've never had like an all rookie battery. Like, you know, like like and even when you say rookie, you mean Blue Devils rookie, though, right? Blue Devils rookies. Okay. Yep. Yeah. People. Well, we even had some, we even had like two or three guys, or at least two that I know of, that never marched even open class. Like one yeah. of one of the quads had only done college marching band. That's all he had done. Wow. And then one of our snares, the last drum corps he marched was the Blue Devils C corps. Like he's probably the only person this. Well, I don't know. We were debating this. That's gone from C corps directly to A corps. And he, he was trying to hold on to that title. He was like, I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I'm like, well, technically, when we did the Ink show, the little girl that came out of the book, she was she was from C4. I'm like, I'm like, so she kind of beat you out, you know? Like, Yeah, I think over the course of the summer, a lot of people made the comments like, oh, they're so young, they're so young, which is not necessarily mm -hmm. true. But I, I think that what people were meaning by that, it was, it was so unfamiliar. Because a lot of times mm -hmm. when you look at like a BD drumline, you look across the board and you see a plethora of people who are like, oh, this guy marched this last year. This guy marched RCC this year. They, I've seen this guy's face before. Like, you, It was a lot more recognizable people who had been in the activity for like two, three, four years. But this year it yeah. just felt like it, it was a cast of unsung heroes almost. 
Yeah, we were, I mean, we were, like, at first, at the very first audition, just seeing how green everybody was, like, it was, it was, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like, it was kind of worrisome, like, it was just like, okay, I mean, do we need to, like, you know, like, really, like, recruit, like, because we don't do that too much, like, we never really had, had to, like, go, okay, I'm calling people, like, hey, you want to come out, like, hey, like, emailing things, and so we kind of had to do that a little more this year, um, but just how green they were was, was, was concerning, um, especially early on, but this group, like this, the, the battery especially, but I really like the whole core, like they were a true testament to like, like what every single camp we had that, that season was like every camp we went into it and it was like, oh my God, we have a ton of stuff to do. Like it was like this opener is crazy hard. And it's like, we have so much to do, but every camp after every, on every Sunday evening, it was like, oh, okay. I think we're going to be okay. Like, yeah. like they always, always improved. Like they always like went after it, you know, on the first, first week of going, going into move-ins with this group, like, um, you know, talking with Scott, it was like, we really have to instill what it means to be a blue devil, like, like how they're going to carry themselves, what's expected of them. So all through, through, through move-ins, it was really just kind of explaining the process. Like we, I talked, we talked to the group, like after every rehearsal and just said, okay, like, how you guys feeling? Like checking in with them just so you know, like, like, here's what to expect this next week, or here's what, here's what was going to be expected of you, like, constantly, you know, giving them the information so that, because, you know, they, it helps when you're a member, and you know, okay, I'm doing this, and there was a little bit of push, pushback, because, again, how we design the show, and everything, like, like, how organic it is, like, there's afternoon blocks where the drumline is just sitting down for two hours, waiting for them to finish a mellophone, baritone thing, or, or whatever, and so some of the you know, vets or not vets, but the, some of the members that had some experience, like we had some members at March Boston or the Crown the previous year, or Blue Stars, they were like, you know, like they were worried. They thought that we were getting worse and like, no, like, let's, can we track or when are we going to do this? And it's like, guys, just, just trust, trust us. us. Like, trust, trust the process. Just trust us. Yeah, just trust us. And, and that was the thing about them. Like, like, like they were sweethearts because they, they really didn't want to like disappoint us or they really didn't want to be the drumline that was, you know, not up to the Blue Devil standard. Like, like they didn't want to be the ones to be, you know, letting any of us down as a staff or alumni or whatever. Um, and so they really went after it and they worked, they worked and they worked and it obviously it paid off for sure. So yeah. that way, and, and Scott still says, he says, this is the most improvement he's ever seen a Blue Devil drumline, let alone, and, you know, drumline, but in all of his years teaching Blue Devils Vanguard, like he just said that it's the most improved he's ever seen them get. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I would agree. So, well, we'll get into this, and then uh, I think we'll break down some of these, like, more specific sections. You can tell us maybe what changed or evolved over the course of the summer, the thought process behind some of it, and, uh, yeah. Yep. So, yep. real quick before we start, thank you to Drumline Archives for the amazing videos. Go check out Drumline Archives' channel, subscribe, all kinds of lot content. We appreciate it, as always. All right, let's see. All right, I'm pretty sure this starts off just with the opening statement of the show. Yeah, I think yeah. so. All that flame vocabulary. Cha -cha 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 -cha. Love that sticking. I just love the whole, all the flams. Groups don't play enough flams these days. Are scared of them now yeah and one thing we always noted early on was just uh 
even when things weren't quite lining up from a clarity standpoint, the approach was was for sure in there um, as far as aggressiveness and like like not being afraid to tick because even yeah. so, not that not that relate it? these kids to high school kids, but that's what I try to tell my high school kids like I can't clean you if you're just trying not to mess up. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and that's the uh, like especially the way that, that that Dave Glide writes like there's always like so many extremes like it'll be huge and then and then low and like velocity changes. Um, but that was a big um, theme with this group, like from the get-go. We just wanted the battery to play a little more aggressively than they had in the past couple years, um, and just to kind of have more of a of a of a of a presence at the high end. Uh, and so having this moment, the way it was designed, like like it was it was it was great. And by the end, they were just really performing the heck out of it when they hit those the split flam taps and then into the big high sticking. Um, so that was a really, really cool moment. One of my probably one of my favorite moments of the show um, was was that uh, that opening drum drum thing. It's really, really fun to listen to. Yeah, that was the biggest thing that always stood out to me. Even when it was dirty, like Evan said, I couldn't have said it better myself. Even if it was dirty, they were going 120. Yeah. percent So that way, when it did clean up, they were used to going after it 120. percent So it just took it yeah. took it to that whole next level. So I backed up here because there's a roll that was really good. And we were talking over it, and I want to hear it again. Yeah, Glide did a great part arranging this, or a great, a great job arranging this this section, just with the, the way the brass layered in and everything. crazy uh triplet rolls exercise that all those cold attacks yeah. i actually yeah that's something that i've always kind of done with the with with the battery but this last year i was like ah we're doing it in the lot like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we're yeah whole, that whole that whole section all that soft stuff after the feature all the way through this next thing like like that was a huge project upstairs um for the brass and percussion um, just because like well, for the battery all those like changing role figures like it was and the tempo is not like fast it's not like okay push it it was just have it keeping it consistent at the i don't remember what it was i think it was 165 in the beginning and then this is like 132 i think is what it was and then it excels but but just getting that whole thing lined up upstairs was, was always a, a huge huge detailing project that we were doing and i know dave um i guess writes holistically for the musical package, but then does that like eventually filter down for some of these moments to like Scott or you or other people? Yeah, yeah. So so Glide he writes kind of like you know the, he arranges the brass also. So it's like brass and uh, all the all the drum stuff um, besides the front ensemble. And then when there's like featured moments or certain little lick things, that's when it, like you know he'll pass it down to Scott. Or if there's like a quad thing, you know, Scott will be like, hey, what do you think about this? Um, but yes, yeah, Scott does a lot of the feature moments. That's how I basically always understood yeah, it. but That's what I assumed mm. happened, yeah. Yeah. All, All right. right, let's keep going. Yeah. I love that board. 
your dexterity. I love the four they sneak yeah. in at the end there. Yeah, I got those baby faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said it all year. Yeah. Even if it wasn't the youngest BD drumline ever, it looked like the youngest BD drumline ever. So how many age outs yes. yeah. are how, there? I was, I was going to ask, how many actually aged out? In the snares, I think it was just two. Okay. I'll imagine. I think two, maybe three quads, four of the five are aging out. Um, and then bass drums, I believe it was uh, two of the three. I think it's just top two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just Ann gotcha. and... So actually still not – because there was like some – the word on the street going around halfway through tour or whatever was that, oh, they're actually a lot older than you think and da-da-da. There's a lot more 21-year-olds and yeah. it sounds like in the quad line that was the case. But if you've only got two snare age outs, yeah. it's not a very old snare line by a lot of other no. like what the norm is for like top six drum lines every summer. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we're usually like – we'll lose about four or five guys, you know, like we usually have like four or five age outs. And so only having two with, you know, with those guys coming back, um, is be good. good. Um, yeah, yeah, they're going to be good, but yeah, really the, the snare line, just having them be in front, you know, for all this stuff. Yep. It's like, you look at them and like, Oh my God, they're tiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yeah. And I'm not incredibly tall either myself. So like, I can't say much, but I remember seeing them like in the lot in Atlanta. I was like, I was like, yeah, it, it probably doesn't help that, they look baby face, but also they're short, shorter. shorter. So yeah. I won't say short, but shorter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but the, our, our center, Laurent, like it, we would, we would joke because like he, he just always went after it. Like he was always just playing. Even when he tapped something off, it was like over. Yeah, dude, was, he's like, fun to watch. Dude, he's straight up fun easy. to watch. He's tapping you know, off the stairs. He's just like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to do that. And then like, he just, he's like, I want to, he's, I'm, I'm doing like, it. I'm like, okay, I guess you have to, but, <laughs> we would laugh because there, there'd be some phrases, especially in the mornings. People are still waking up. We're like tracking yep. things. And, you know, Scott and myself would laugh or, or you know, Brandon, because we, you know, look at the snare line and we're like, how the hell is he overplaying you guys when he's like, he's shorter? Like, he's playing higher than you guys on these moments and he's shorter. Like, oh my gosh. He just goes after wow. it. Bless their hearts. <laughs> I love the Ludwig drums, though. Oh, yeah. They sound oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's Rudy giving it up. Yep. I am. I'm a tank top. Yeah, that, that one was last... one that took you guys all year. The the last rough. Yeah. Jump, jump, jump. <laughs> That's a tough feature. Yeah. That's a tough there moment. Were some things that were take, yeah, a lot of tough things about that. Just the, the cold attacks, the velocity changes, and everything kind of just stopped on the field, you know, like, like so, at least sound-wise, and it was just them. Like, it was so exposed. Right. So exposed. Yeah, I remember but... Jeff talking about it, and, uh, of course, there were a couple moments, too. He wanted to just, like, run out there. He's like, I wanted to run out there, but I just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. I remember the rules. the guy, too. He was that type of guy. I love Jeff, man. Actually, I taught him one year. I think he was at Crossman when I was there. Yeah, he did March oh, Crossman in 04, maybe, before he went to Madison? Yep. That I think right. I remember that being the case. Before. Yeah. I think he marked yeah. Madison 05, 06, and then Bluefoot 7. Anyway. Yeah, he's a great dude, man. Like He's definitely one of my one of my favorite judges. Yeah, but this feature's 
just sounds tough. You can tell it's hard. And, like, it definitely took the whole season from watching lots after lot after lot. The videos would mm-hmm. pop up and stuff. And I kept asking Evan. I was like, are they going to water it? You think they're going to – you think they're going to water it? Like, well, I know you did take out a couple of things. I'm sure it evolved. Yeah, they, they, I'm they, sure they it evolved. Did some things, um, but the, I mean, there are some things that we just we just die by. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like we definitely like taking risks. You know, like that a is lot for sure. The case when you watch the Blue Devils drum, there's a lot of. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the Blue Devils' mo as a core. Yeah. And I know talking with people that have marched there, like Ryan Ellis yeah. and just Dean and stuff, they're like the staff really instills in the members it's like we're gonna give you the product so then eventually it's it's pretty much gonna be up to you like you're gonna have you're gonna have to execute you will have the vehicle if you execute i think there were too many moments this year but we've definitely had stuff where i'm like we're gonna be cleaning this like every day (laughs) like like in in 2012 when we had the big excel roll people were pulling out you know like I told him, I'm like, we're going to be cleaning this through finals, guys. I was like, but if we can get this, like, if we can nail this, like, we're going to be all right. Like, yep. yeah. So, yeah, For there sure. are some things that we are just like, okay, well, no, we're, we're to the death with this. We're going to, we're going to fight it to the end. <laughs> the classic so. BD to uh, every year, the metric switch where the quads yeah. always start fast and then slow down and it like meets in the middles and the snares like switch. Yeah. I did not know Sometimes that was I a like year it. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I'm like, why are we doing this again? Like, <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing until Evan pointed it out this year, and it's now in a I lot can't. Shows. Now I can't unsee it. <laughs> Every yeah, time they, we first did it when I was marching. Yeah, when I was marching, 2000 was the first time we ever did a, like the cross mod. Um, Is that the Methods of Madness show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, I remember. I don't know if they did it after that. I don't think they did. But we definitely did it in 09. We had it in the feature in 09. Yeah. And it did it, it in 2010. 10. I think we did it in 10. One. There's a lot of them. Uh, 15. Uh, I know it was in 15, the Ink Show. Because we just yeah. watched that one recently and reacted to it. But all right. Yeah. Anyway, all 2022. Right. Lots of risk. Lots of reward, though. Yeah. so hard yeah you want to pause that real quick like that so that whole thing right there the way that was for uh, for at least the first portion of the season obviously it's a drum break but they were like in the back you know like and when bases were standing on a prop but they were just kind of in you know in the back corner because and it just had to be staged that way because like again like like we're our when the design team like it's so everything is so big picture you know what i mean so it's like these horn moments happened beforehand. And so there was no way to get the battery closer. So they were, you know, back there. And so, you know, talking with Scott, he had the idea like, well, let's just, let's do some mini drill back there. And so that's those little moves that they're doing. They did that on the field. We just added to give it another little element. So they're not just halted and they were just kind of moving small. We only had a small space to work in. So that that's where you see those little pinwheels, little dosey does just to give it, you know, something like, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of what happens. We're always looking at the show, big picture wise, and how we can throw things in. Yeah, and those putteras, but they're not putteras. Like the isolated left low yeah. doubles, like those are so hard. I don't even know what they have yeah. a name. They have a really uh, name. I think some people yeah. call them echoes. That's what Scott calls started okay. calling them. Called them echoes. Um, but yeah, it's and it's and it's crazy because when it's when it's clean, it just sounds so like 
different. Like yeah. it's just such a different sound. That low tight diddle with the accent. Like it's I think he he busted those out in seventeen or was it sixteen? I don't remember. No, maybe it was, maybe it was like eighteen or nineteen. I I think it's eighteen. I know they did them in uh, the year Cam Halls was in there because he was talking about it one time. That yeah, was either eighteen wanna, or nineteen. Yeah, I think it was eighteen. Was when Scott kind of first kind of threw those around. Well, they're cool. Yeah, yeah, they sound really cool. It's a pretty d extreme difference between like right hand grip pressure to left hand grip pressure to. Yep. So much rhythmic variety. Oh, yeah. That was a great roll. Yeah. roll. Paradiddle diddle threes are one of my favorite things to play. That Spock roll wasn't wasn't in the original music. We just we added it. I don't think Scott was there, and <laughs> well, I was like, works. "Roll that!" I, yeah, I guess throw it in. I remember him coming when he came back and at all days, and he heard it, and he was like, "Oh no!" He saw a video of it because we sent him because that was like a change. That that ending used to be 120, um, but Chandler was like, "I he's like I'm having trouble to writing guard work to 120," so they rewrote it, made it 180, um, and then. So we learned it, and it was just jump, 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 huh? At the end, I'm like, "Well, quad, just play a role there," you know. Added it, and then Scott's like, "Well, you're never gonna hear it from up front." And then, but when he came and heard it, and it was clean, he was like, "All right, I can stay." We're like, yep, <laughs> leave it in. Stuff like That's that. That's so funny. He's like, "I can't write guard work to this, so we're gonna bump it 60 clicks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, well, I mean, the stuff before it was already 180. It was just a hard like tempo change to 120. Um, so I was like, "Okay, I'm just make it 180." <laughs> all right we have the bass feature coming up here and this is i feel like another one of those things that might have taken all season because there were a lot of times evan and i were like what rhythm are they playing is that hitting is it not hitting? yeah is it... and it wasn't ever the lasers the no like that one was fine mm. it was like what happened in between there was like a five lit like run or hand yeah. to hand or something i was just like i don't i don't understand what's happening yeah that thing changed a bunch of times like it was like there was one version they learned, and then and then it was like they learned it, but then it, we didn't know where it was gonna go in the show, in the show, and then and then that idea changed, and they got a new idea, but then like I mean it was a while where like we were putting the closer on the field, and we just didn't know they didn't know where design wise where they were gonna put this bass feature in. Yeah. Um, and then it was like okay, it makes sense to put it at the top of the closer. Um, and then they, of course, then they started really massaging it, but it, yeah, it took there's been a, a bunch of versions of that bass break. Um, especially the way it ended. Um, they had a yeah. couple different endings. When I previewed this um, video, I was like, I don't know if that ending was the same as it was like two mm, weeks prior or a week prior. But yeah, they, they nail it in this video. Yeah. So let's take a listen. Oh, yeah. This part seemed like it changed a couple times too. Yeah, this thing too. So, so this part of the show, this was like, like it was originally just supposed to be a dance. Everyone was going to be doing this dance that the whole that the core was doing. Um, and then Scott had an idea like, oh, what if it's like a quad thing, like underneath? And I, I was like, okay, that'd be cool. And I was like listening to the source material, and 
Um, I thought it was going to be like a, a straight up like quad lick. And then he was like, no, I'm going to do this thing with brushes and it's going to be kind of split and it's going to be the timbre. And I, and I was like, oh, you don't want to do like a, like a, like a lick, like a feature or something. And he goes, no, I'm going to do this. And so at first I was just kind of like, I don't know about this thing, you know, and then, and then we really started to change it and develop it. And then, um, and then once we kind of figured out, okay, it's going to be this, this, like, like what it became, it was like, okay, this can be kind of cool. And the judges freaking loved it. Like, I remember that like when, like when Lightsky saw it, even when, when, when Brooks saw it, they were just like, oh my God, this is so different. And I love it. Like, they just really liked the, like the, how different of a feature it was. And it was like, okay, well, I guess we got to clean it now, you know? <laughs> Um, and it was really hard to clean because those brushes, like playing diddles on the left, like, like with those I, things, was super hard to clean. Like I remember having yeah. a sectional with the quads in Allentown, and we legit like had a you know like like normal stick in the right hand like they do, brush in the left, and we just played like basic like exercises just to get them to feel you know how like how much they have to work to get those diddles in there. Like it was I was it was so exposed with that implement. Because it's also gotta be mentally weird because your right hand's got normal rebound to the stick and your left hand's gotta gotta put so much more effort into the double stroke. So it's gotta make that just so weird to be like ambidextrous more so than normal to like Mm -hmm. do two different things. Were they like the kinda like the dreadlocks or whatever, the wire brushes? Um yeah <laughs> kind of kind of i i know yeah, that like they're very they're very similar to the ones that vic first made okay but yeah yeah they're i remember similar but they just did they didn't say vic first on them okay yeah well yeah that makes sense since that's not <laughs> i just remember uh we just we ended up getting them and 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 the name was like scratched off of them so we we're like i, I guess we can use them <laughs> <laughs> I remember one year too. We had to use those, but we ended up. They were just so dense that we ended up cutting wires off of them. Like we don't need like however many this is. Let's just clip them off. Yeah, the original idea was was we were trying. We like taped uh, like snare guts onto them, onto the oh, onto the yeah, drum board. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we would use like a puffy or a rubber mallet. Like we couldn't find the right thing. And then you know scott was just like well let's try these and it was like oh my god like it's it that's really cool like it's it had a lot more volume um, but they definitely wore out after a while like we had to get uh an, uh like more extra pairs just because how like they couldn't get diddles once, once they like like because because they stretched you know the, oh the yeah they're and they weren't bendy. as responsive yeah mm-hmm. that so. makes sense <laughs> and yeah, then the right. plastic feature yep the throwback yeah 94 yeah <laughs> So articulate. That was a Jeff Brooks change. He said that. He mentioned that too. It's us, yeah. He's like, when they did it, I was like, oh! <laughs> yeah, this was crazy. The aquatic cell. And these scrapes, everything here, that wasn't, that's, that wasn't there the original. Ooh. Yeah, so you, the, the original idea of this was the quads were playing pretty much what the snares were playing on those plot like like eighth notes da, 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 and then it was supposed to be this 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 huge split like the the first idea was excelling and quads and snares were playing the same part which is what the snares are playing right now like they do like a quarter note thing and it's like a monkey eighth note split and then the idea was as the thing kept getting faster and faster they were gonna be doing like stick tosses and stick tricks and you're just gonna be seeing sticks like fly everywhere but it just got so fast it was like okay like we can't and 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 plus some of the guys weren't very good at tossing sticks 
And so we had to figure out something else to do. And so I just was like, well, what if the quads just filled it in underneath? You know what I mean? And so I just did a version of them doing like eighth note scrapes into the, uh, into the triplets and then the 32nd note scrapes at the end um, was kind of how that whole thing developed. Um, yeah. And it, it again, it ended up being pretty cool. Building the density yeah. to the climax. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It worked. Yeah, that was a fun little feature. Oh, God, this section. <laughs> I'm sure you can tell what the early, early bids of this one, of this shine. Yeah, all those top fives. Just all those pulsed paradiddle-diddles. Yeah, so I'll, okay, let me. I can yeah. talk about this chunk. Real yeah, sure. Quick. I remember. I remember that chunk early season. Yep. That was a. Yep. Yeah. So yep. this uh, is this was when we got this chart. I think it was the April camp when we got it. Yeah, it was a, I think it was April camp. We got this chart, and then I remember like we're playing through it in the sectionals, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like, like, at, like I think the tempo was one. I don't remember, but it was it was it was oh it was like one forty eight. And we just had so many fast, like like thirty second note rolls, like top fives. There was a, there was five lit rolls in there, like like just super super like high density fast rolls. And I remember just like, there's no way, like we're gonna have like we could barely get through it. And I'm like a huge tempo guy. I'm like, how is ensemble gonna be, you know, successful if we, we can't play this at tempo? You know what I mean? So. This was again one of those projects where we just really worked, 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 and we did take, we took, definitely took some some diddles out, um, to make it more functional. But like this is one of the sections that, like impressed me a lot about this group was like this was something that I didn't think we were gonna be able to pull off. We were gonna have to really rewrite some of the stuff, but they just they kept going after it, and every week it was like, okay, well, all right, we're in time now, and like it's getting cleaner, and it just kind of like, and then by the end it was it was this and. But again, it was another full project, like full core wise. This was the thing where we were super spread out. And when the battery comes in with those little presses, just, just like they were backfield, brass had already established tempo, but even they were spread out. So we, us playing this consistently and like in time was, was a huge project, like for the majority of the summer. Well, from, um, a, and, from and a clarity yeah. standpoint, was all the integrated stuff at the beginning of the phrase, was that mirrored on the field? Uh, the snares and quads were kind of integrated, moving around each other and stuff. Yeah, so that was another thing where we like were basically just in a block originally, and we just were coming, we were creeping forward. Um, and so Scott was like, you know, one of the things he's great at, he looks at it and he just goes, "Okay, that can be a cool moment for us. Like, let's do something visually. Like, let's do like a shell game thing." And um, Elijah Jones, who was our quad tech, but he also doubled as like a visual tech. That kind of was his project in in um, in in Laramie and we were in Wyoming for, for all days. And so he kind of figured out a version and we definitely massaged it over the time. But yeah, they did that on the field. They were moving forward as a block and they were just like changing spots and well that's a um, whole that's a whole other layer of difficulty. You're playing all those fast oh, holes yeah. and you're integrating snares and your listening environment is constantly changing, going in and out between quad players and you can actually yeah. hear it. You can hear the difficulty because it sounds good in the video throughout the whole thing. But mm -hmm. it gets even cleaner when they finally are done being integrated and they're back to their usual listening environment and it goes to that next yeah. level of clarity because the integrated stuff is so it's so tough to do like to yeah. adjust your I, ears I, like that every couple counts and 
Yeah, I find that doing like <laughs> I started doing this thing a while ago. I kind of developed it when I was teaching with Frank Chapel at Glassman, where we started doing this thing called whack track. Where, yes! uh, yeah, like, I've heard of we're, this. We're I've heard of a, stuff. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're tracking in a block, but then just said like, "Hey, man, they can't really listen or anything. Like, I don't know how to play it, like just individually the same." Uh-huh. And so, just said, "All right, don't stand next to who's in your set. Like, just mix it up completely, mix it up, and just track like that forever, and like for a bunch of reps, just with the mat, and then get them back in the regular form. And it's like, okay, like don't play it any different, but same way, you know. And then, and then we added, you know, the movement, just kind of cleaned it." Um, methodically like like that and it really really helps with this section for sure i did not yeah. know that the whack track was attributed to frank who i did have the pleasure of learning under frank uh he came in and crowned in 2010 but we did mm-hmm. whack track in 09 and 2010 and i yeah. loved it you could really just dial in and hear your oh, yeah. own sound and a lot of times it would you would hear just the small inconsistencies you're like oh man i've been crushing that diddle this all season or like this flam is super wide or something like and then when you get back in the the regular full snare line it's it's sounds magical yeah that was yeah we we did a lot of a lot of talking that summer me and frank is a lot of time a lot of that summer was just him and i like you know so we were always just like brainstorming like how can we oh you know what let's do that like yeah love frank yeah that's cool really cool guy just like we very intense but just like very even um mm-hmm. very consistent yeah 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 so we we rack whack track the heck out of this out of this chunk that's awesome sure. i love the whack track yeah. so yeah I, I don't remember how big the block was but like rudy said you just you didn't stand next to somebody that played your instrument that was the rule so that's the rule it yeah. works it works They hated that song. They hate they hated it. The quads hated that the little bongo part. Go back, go back. I, I wanna hear. I made him keep it because I liked it. At the very beginning here. Yeah, that's I gotta get it. Put it a put it a single. It's put it a single Yeah. We have something similar that we play at uh, Niner Noise, and I'm like, I love that sticking. Like, and, and they're like, no, it doesn't feel good. And I'm like, well, I like it, so we're keeping it. Like, <laughs> really good open high end roll. Guys, closer was awesome. Even though, pause real quick, uh, even though the group was very new and green to the Blue Devils system or way, it really felt like over the course of the summer you were able to capture the essence of a Blue Devils drumline. Just the small subtleties of like the stick inflections or like the visual cues here and there. Um, And then I did notice that like, people like Elijah and Brandon and I know you had mentioned this I think to Mike when you talked to him on the phone just mm. about these recent age outs people who were section leaders that you brought yeah. back to teach that was probably not maybe like normal for a Blue Devils tech staff right no yeah because because Scott we, we don't really generally hire like recent age outs you know it's 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 pretty rare um but his idea going in when we were planning for the upcoming 22 season 
um, his idea was, well, you know, we have no vets, but what if we hire, you know, Brandon, Elijah, uh, and Grayson with the bass drums, and you know, because they're recent age outs and they could they could help. They could be, you know, another another, another a couple more techs, which will really help with, you know, telling them you know, where the truck is and, you know, because especially like uh, the first week of all days like they were still very much like tourists you know what i mean it's like hello <laughs> no guys you are the blue devils like yeah that's like your you're truck. in like, the core yeah stop taking pictures with people like get your drum <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so bringing on those guys like 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 really helped you know what i mean and it especially helped them too because because you know they they, they look, looked up to those guys you know what i mean like they don't watch videos of me marching anymore like they they just saw elijah and of course brandon you know what i mean like so it really helped them you know kind of kind of pass on that knowledge and 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 so that that helped big time for sure it's yeah. almost like having another section leader that's not a section leader off the field like, yes yeah yes for sure plus well, also smart a teacher <laughs> yeah yep i think that's super that's smart. really smart though that's super smart yeah and then all this this stuff all this all this right this stuff we play here like the ending of the closer like Man, I'm like, like, shout out to Glide. Like, it was just so fresh and cool the way he did the, the nine lit groupings. And like, like this is some of the coolest stuff I've seen him. I've seen him write, especially as of late. Like, it's it's really cool. That was hold on, go back. So that, that part, check that the bass run, check it, get it, into the space. That was really, yeah. that was really cool. And it, and, it, and it really read from upstairs too. Like, like it, that that whole moment, like you know, they're playing, they're just running, 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 doing those runs. Like he totally read upstairs for sure. Those bass fills, check it, check it, check it, check it. You guys did it a lot throughout the show, this, your show this year in your book, but that might be one of my favorite things ever when drumlines do it, where like two of the subsections are playing like big open rhythms over their head or just like big, mm -hmm. big picture stuff. And you have one of the sections just going crazy underneath just the whole thing, whether it's the yeah. bass line going nuts, the snare line playing some crazy lick under some bass unisons or like, that's one of my favorite things. It's so it's cool. It's like a, yeah. it's like a straight up like drum set fill too. Like somebody's just like, just like yeah. murdering some yeah. toms around i think yeah. i think i went back far enough we'll see So that's a that's an interesting talking point too. You're talking about like your point now. That's a Brooks change. That's a Brooks change. That's a Lysky change. Or like things that you weren't afraid to just like, you know what? If that's what they want to hear, then like, okay, it makes sense. We'll change it. We'll we'll make them like it, so they hear it yeah, again. And, and you're then, just I mean, like, yeah, like Lysky didn't throw anything in, but but Brooks, I, I think it was probably the same tape as that one, but. At the end of his tape, he was like, "You're doing some things, but I think you can do a little more." It's like when you're on the plastics, like maybe play with some other rim stuff just to give it another another texture. And it was like, "Oh, that's a good idea." And then it was like just that last thing. It used to be just gonna get, gonna get, gonna go. 
And he was like, oh, you know, if you could do a shot in there, the guy, the guy, like, like, just again, give it a little more variety. And we're like, that's a good idea too. All right, <laughs> we'll throw it in. And sure enough, he hears it and he's like, oh yeah, that's great. We're like, cool, give us more points. <laughs> well, that's something I feel like, like, to hear the Blue Devils are not, not to how much you all have won and how successful the Blue Devils have been under like Scott and just everybody that's there, you and like. To still be able to hear somebody else give a suggestion and not you be like, well, we know what we're doing. Like, we don't need to make this change. Like, you're still still able we to think go, it's perfect that's a good is. idea, yeah. actually. Let's try that. Yeah. Like, you're super, like, humble in that way to be able to take comments from others that maybe haven't been as successful as you all have been competitively. Or it's like, no, you're kind of playing the game a little bit, which I respect, first off. Yeah. Like, the judges are the ones evaluating who wins. Like, why would you not take – and listen to them. I'm not saying other groups don't do that, but it's just cool to hear. Despite yeah. being super successful, yeah. you're you're open to that kind of stuff, which is awesome. Yeah. Humility, baby. Yep. Great closing. I think this is the Oh, this is the beginning. We yeah, uh, this yeah. is the opening phrase again. So, I guess... Hold on, I'll watch it again. Man, Lawrence, the stat center, his name's Lawrence, <laughs> right? He reaches yeah. for the moon when he does those high notes. He's a freaking bulldog. I was like... Yeah, remember that we'd tell, like, he would, we would play phrases, like, sometimes on the field, and he'd do the high sticking, and his drum would fall off. We're like, see? Like, <laughs> this is what too happens. much. This is too why we much. can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, but I remember, like, after a little while, like, Scott, like, we would talk about it, like, they're, they're playing, like, they're just too wild. And I'm like, Scott, they're literally doing what we've been telling them to do. Like, <laughs> I was like, all the camps, we were like, yeah, I'm bigger, like, that's what you know, like. So when you came up a little bit, when you guys, I guess, were approaching this summer, and you knew you had an ensemble that was less experienced than maybe you normally had available, did you all take that into consideration when you were like staging for moments, like, hey, like maybe we'll like start here in the show and we'll give them an opportunity, like we're we're designing holistically, but we want to make sure that we're setting them up for optimal success and like we'll settle into the yeah. show and then really push the envelope as far as like what we're getting read later. Yeah. Just design wise. I don't know. We didn't kind of go, okay, well they're a new group. We're going to like take it easy design wise. I mean, at least with the music at first visually, uh, we, we kind of did. I know that like the, the, the visual design team was like, Oh, they don't move as well as we used to. Um, but overall, design-wise, no. Um, as far as our approach, like staff-wise, um, was was a little different. Like there were just some things, like 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 I couldn't expect them to do things that 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 other drum lines could do. Like like if they like our our scope, like like we were, you know, like we were we were green, we were rough in the very beginning of the season. So I wasn't gonna be like, what are, what are you guys doing? Like no, like push-ups, like you know was was more sensitive to to them and just making sure that like they were given the right tools and not trying to be like so hard on them 
Um, because again, like they're rookies, I can't expect them to be. I can't compare them or treat them like like a like a, a seventeen line or or two thousand fourteen line. You know what I mean? Or twelves. You know, like so. I had had to you know definitely be a little more patient with them as a staff. Um, had to do a little more explaining, like that. Okay, we don't do that. Like type of thing. Like like just kind of taking a step back overall as far as the approach. But design wise, now it was it was pretty much like every other year. That makes sense. Cool. Um, a, a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of teaching and educating and working with kids and young adults is just figuring out every group's kind of demeanor and mentality and meeting mm -hmm. them in the middle to try to optimize both ends, like the information that you're giving and also the information that they're receiving um, mm -hmm. to make sure that everybody is mentally in the best state that they can be so that they can, they can produce at a high level or the highest yeah, level for, for like that day. Yeah. And that's, that's why I really, what I love about the organization is it's so like member experience driven. You know what I mean? A lot of people think like, Oh, we're just trying to win all the time. And it's like, no, like, like we're, we just, we want to make sure that first and foremost, they have the best experience possible. That's that, you know, being educated, you know, just having a great time being there and being in the activity, um, which is why also another reason, like, like, like working with Scott, like, it's like, we're never approaching a season, like, we have to win drums this year, we're winning drums this year, it's like, we're going to be exactly what the drum corps needs us to be, like, like, we are so, like, we, we just, you know, obviously, we, we want to win, but we want to make the drum corps good, and whatever that's going to take, like, like, we don't need 50 drum solos, like, like, like whatever the design team comes up with, like it's like that's holistically, it's it's all about the core, the kids, you know, the the show. It's never about one section trying to do this or, or that. Like like we're, you know, we are very much team players. Like you know what I mean? Like I've had so many drum lines where we we were playing like a really cool drum break or lick or something, and it's like, why are we backfield for this? And it's like because that's what the show needs. And it's like no, but this lick is so cool. It's like I know, but. The show's cooler, like yeah, the show's <laughs> the, the, the whole package matters. Yeah, we had this gnarly drum break. I think it was in fourteen, and we were like way staged way in the back, and it was like this whole thing. We were doing like the the, the little munge forward, but it was like one of the coolest parts of the show. But it was like, well, it's back there because that's that's where design wise, it's 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 working. You know what I mean? It's not meant to be a, a stop everything drum moment. You know what I mean? So. That's what's that's what's that's a lot of people don't like like how do the blue devils do it every year and it's like or are so successful or, or like like what makes it and it's like really like like there's really no secret to it like it's what, what the secret is it's run really well like it's the only place that i've or one of the only places that i've been where like truly 100 percent. if you're a member all you have to do is what you got what you what you were basically hired to do like i'm here to play quads i'm here to learn that show i'm here to do that I'm going to travel fine. I'm going to sleep fine. I'm going to eat fine. Like all I have to worry about is being at rehearsal and, and, and getting better at my job. You know, it's just, and it's the same on the other end, like, like staff wise, like I don't have to deal with bus breakdowns and things like that. And, and, and kids like, man, we got into the housing site late. We didn't get our downtime, you know, like, like, like me as a staff, like, it's the same as a staff. Like I just have to show up and do what I've been hired to do. That's all I have to worry about. Like, and it's like, it makes everything so much more simpler when it's run like that. And, it, and it's a lot better of an experience, you know? Like it's, it's like just... the, it's almost like the chicken or the egg 
thing that we've mm-hmm. had with this conversation because people say all the time it's like well blue devils are able to have so much downtime because they get the best members it's like well or is it do they get the best members because they treat them and make them have quality downtime mm-hmm. it's like which way is it like it goes both yeah. ways so yeah i mean rest is a thing it's a long road man it's yeah. a long long the summer, summer is like, very long ask and, any athlete <laughs> rest yeah. is important yeah so so we we they, we do take that into account it's like because if we're just running and gunning all the time it's like by the time we get to indy they're just gonna they're gonna be dead you know like like so keeping them fresh is also a big thing but but again right. that comes in turn with like okay, we have scheduled downtime, and if we're getting into housing sites late, and then it just bleeds into everything else, and so, so, so running it and managing it well from the top is like is like key, you know, time management, making sure that like you have facilities and buses, and that way they, the kids that that's all they got to worry about is just getting up in the morning, and you know what I mean. Like it's funny, my first year teaching at Blue Devils in '09, and just hearing some of the things they would complain about. Like I guess the best way to put it is. In 2002, I was teaching Crossman, and I had only marched Blue Doubles. Like, I had marched two years in the B Corps, five years in the A Corps. That's all I did. And my, like, first week of all days with Crossman, and I'm standing on the field with J.J. Epitone, and he's like, so where did you march before Blue Doubles? And I was like, um, the B Corps? And he goes, wait, when was that? And I was like, 95, 96. He goes, you did all of, all of your years, all Blue Doubles. Yeah, and he's like, you don't know what drum corps is. <laughs> I looked at him, and I was like, I kind of got offended. I was like, what? And he goes, you don't know what drum corps is, dude. And I was like, talking about March seven years. I'm like, what? And he's like, nah. And he's like, I'll be back in a week. And he like he was leaving tour that day. He left. We went on first leg of tour. And then he came back. It was a couple weeks later. He came back. He walked up. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what drum corps was. <laughs> because, because I remember, like, walking out to meal break. Like, the, it was, like, one of the first stops on tour. And I, like, came out. And they're like, oh yeah, they're like we don't have breakfast ready, but uh, we'll have it. We'll have some food ready by lunch. And I'm like, what do you, wait, what? What does that mean? Go to rehearsal. And I'm like, go to rehearsal without food. And I'm like, what is, what? That's and then happening. coming, and then and then going to lunch, and it's like salad. And I'm like, is there anything else coming out? And they're like, no, it's salad. And I'm like, oh my god, like, <laughs> you know, like like just just We're gonna how die. spoiled. <laughs> Yeah, like, and then, you know, getting into a, re- a housing site, like, really late, and it's like, okay, well, we're just going to get up and rehearse, or we're just going to go straight to rehearsal, food trucks not here yet, and, like, just all the things that happened, you know, in, in drum corps, like, like, so coming back to teach in 09, I'm just like, man, like, why are we up so early? And I'm like, it's 10 a.m., like, I know, we only got four hours of downtime, it's like, oh my gosh, shut up, like, you know. <laughs> so, me and Dean are such... Me and Dean are it such was, good friends, and I remember yeah, he, it was it was just that generation though the nine ten they're not really like that anymore like yeah but he did his first two summers with Glassman in 07 and Crown in 08, and then I marched Crown in 09 in 2010 and he'd be texting me like across the country he'd be like yeah we didn't drum all day like I was just out on the field with my cell phone and this and that and I was just like dude I'm just like getting my ass handed to me like all day in yeah. South Carolina it's hot yeah. it's raining. Uh, of course, we did have it pretty great at Gardner Webb. Yeah, you facilities. guys have probably the best oh, yeah. freaking uh, <laughs> so, spring training yeah. facility out of anybody. Yeah, sleeping in the dorms. I love that facility. That was yeah. good. And then, and then I remember after uh, the regional in 09 or 2010, the Atlanta regional, he was like, Yeah, I'm staying at the hotel. I was like, Hotel? What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm over here just like sweating. But yeah, yeah. it is, a, it is a, an ensemble that has it figured out. 
for sure on how to just get the most out of everybody, the staff, the members, the admin, just the design all around. So, And that, that whole thing kind of started with, well, it st really started with Dave Gibbs when he became core director, like 91. And the tour, his tour manager was Pete Emmons. And like, you know, he, he, they were the ones that really like said, okay, like we taking care of these guys, like the whole down, like Pete Emmons, I think had, had the, the formula came up with the formula of, of, oh, if we have an eight-hour bus ride, then they're going to get, you know, about four hours downtime. You know what I mean? Like, like eight-hour bus ride, they're going to get four hours. Like, it was always, like, half whatever the long bus ride was. They were going to get floor time. And that that just made all all the difference. You know, when you can lay down and sleep for a while, like, instead of just on a bus, like, that's another oh, thing. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's Blue another Coast thing. did that almost the whole summer that i was i, I can't yeah. remember i think they usually tried to use that formula yeah yeah they no, they definitely do like i had the privilege of working with them in, in 21 um oh yeah when you obviously rod, rod, yeah yeah that was that was a funny because blue devils was we were supposed to do something like we were planning on going to switzerland and performing at a big music festival there just staying we were going to be there for like a month like rehearsing for a week and then doing like or a couple weeks and then doing two weeks of shows and then like another week and a half of like sightseeing. And then if that, if we couldn't do that, then we were going to go to Hawaii and spend like, you know, five weeks out there and do like a, learn like a show and do put together a video or something. I'll do that. And then, yeah. And then last minute it was like, okay, we're not doing anything. And we had a staff meeting and I'm sitting on the staff meeting. Like, what do you mean? We're not, and they're like, well, we're just, we're just going to take the year off. We're going to do like some satellite camps and that's it. And I was like, Man, of course, I was bummed. I'm like, what the hell, man? And then literally after the meeting, like my my phone rings and it's Roger. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, what's up, man? He's like, hey, what's up? What are you doing? I'm like, just hanging out. And he's like, so what are Blue Devils doing this summer? I'm like, nothing. And he's like, and I'm like, I, I get it, but I don't like, like, what the hell? And he's like, come to Blue Coast. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's like, come to, come to Blue Coast. And I'm like, Shut up. I was like, and he's like, no, dude, I'm serious. I already talked to the directors. We got it approved. We got a budget. Yeah, just come out. Do five weeks. And I was like, wait, you're serious? He goes, yeah. And I'm like, and they said it's cool. He's like, yeah, we're down. Like, let's go. And I'm like, hold on. Let me call Scott. So then I called <laughs> Scott. He just he just started laughing. He's like, I think it's great. Good for you, man. That's awesome that they're seeking you out. And and he's like, if you leave, I'm going to kill you. He's like, I'll kill you if you leave. And I was like, I I was like, just stop. I'm like, I, I got, I got to work. And he's like, no, I get it. I think it's great, but you got to call our director. You got to call. Uh, at the time, it was Sean Gallant because he was still the director. I called him. He was a little upset, but he was like, I'm not mad at you. I just wish we could have done something for you, you know. And that's, you know, are they paying you a lot? And I'm like, none of your business. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, but yeah, they were. I was extremely impressed about how they were run. Not that I thought that they were not run well, but Genevieve and Mike Scott, like their admin team over there, they were. They were awesome, and they they took me in when I needed a home. So I'll always be grateful to that for that Thank group. Yeah. But the some of the battery kids were like, you know, some of them are pretty hardcore blue coats, and they look at me yep. like enemy. But but they were fine. It's fine, yeah. It's and, fine. Of, and of course they they and of course they would talk all kinds of crap about past blue devil lines and what was the stupid thing you guys did? And I'm like, shut up! Like everybody does stupid things. <laughs> yeah, but they were great. I loved loved working with that whole organization. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Definitely one of the one of the funnest summers I've had. I love that. Right. That well, we've been going, believe it or not, for an hour and seven minutes now of recording time. Woo! So let's. We have like yeah. thirty seconds of this video left. The rest of this rep. Let's watch it, and then we can close this sucker out and keep hanging out if we want or whatever the hell we want to do. All right.
Sticks touched the sun on that last note. I know. See, people always make fun of us for doing that that yeah. thing, and it's like we literally, at third points, we have to do that because the, the drum set player cannot hear the drums, so he has to like watch, yeah. watch them do that. Well, the snare feature rep ended end on a good note. That's it. Yeah, man. Boom. It was fun to watch the progression all summer. We said it before. Say it again here at the end of this thing. It was cool to watch. It was always like, all right, they're better now than they were last week. And the next week, the next yeah. videos would come up, and they're better again. And then they better and better. It's just, it was cool. It was the whole progression was uh, impressive as hell. Yeah, it's definitely one of the most re rewarding summers I've had as an instructor. Just just seeing how far they come, and plus that group was like, I mean, they were such fans, man. Like like they had watched i mean a lot of them had come to had, had been in lots for past years they'd been in the, the system blue camps watching like and so just seeing them like be a part of it and make it their own thing like like mm -hmm. to be that 2022 drumline and 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 progress the way they did the rate they did like yeah i could could not have asked for anything anything more like it was such a such a great group to work with well i don't know of a better way to close out than that previous statement so I don't have anything else. Um, everybody, social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, you know the deal. Check out the podcast. Uh, I'm probably going to break this up into three parts for YouTube because it's like an hour and ten minutes long and algorithm and all that crap, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, but then once all three parts are on YouTube, we'll put the audio file on podcast services for those that want to listen on there. Uh, yeah, I mean, patreon.com, yada, yada, yada. I'm done. Rudy, this was a blast. Appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me talk. All right. <laughs> we'll see everybody in the next one. Peace.